and welcome into episode 64 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Jason Martinez along with Russ Cohen at Sportsology on Twitter, sportsology.com, and uh, the at Stick to Hockey pod, of course. By the way, real quick, let me tell people this, because uh, the great people at Wildfire Radio who host this podcast, our, our host site, if you or your business are looking for to start a podcast, you have to talk to my uh, friends over at Wildfire Radio Podcast Studio. They'll help me get the Stick to Hockey podcast started, and they can help you as well. Their cozy studio just minutes from Philadelphia in Woodbury, South Jersey. So if you're thinking of a career in sports broadcasting, podcasting can help you hone your skill as well as get heard by people that do the hiring. Now, if you're a business, podcasting is also a great way to not only market your business but become known as an expert in your field to hundreds and thousands of listeners. So go to wildfirepodcast.com or email Jim at jim at wfgnj.com. And tell them Jason Martinez and, of course, the Stick to Hockey podcast sent you. And your first show is free. Again, wildfirepodcast.com. Russ, how you doing today? Good, good. Happy Hanukkah. Good of the hockey season. Thank you. I know Hanukkah is underway, right? It is underway, yeah. What was your first gift? I, we don't even bother anymore. My parents and I, my wife and I, we don't even bother. We buy stuff all the time. So it's like I did yesterday get drop shipped to me a brand-new backpack with a USB charger. And a lot of pockets. And you know what? That made me happy. Wow. Making you happy is something that's a great thing. We love when Russ is happy <laughs> and not crabby and like uh, the, the Grinch. All right. Let's yep. get right into the business, Russ. A couple things around the league. And uh, and I got some things I want to hit you with, including some all-decade team stuff with the end of this uh, 2010s decade coming to an end in just a couple of days. But real quick, uh, a couple things around the league. I want to start with Kevin Allen from the USA Today. No longer covering the NHL, at least for USA Today. I know you, you know you've seen Kevin around over the years. Oh yeah, another great one bites the dust. Yeah, he's a, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, just a great guy. He joins me for for some of the bugs buzzcasts I'm on, and I've gone on his shows, and he's quoted me in USA Today for some prospect stuff, and we've done videos for USA Today. It, it's it's sad. I mean, if USA Today is in business, I don't know why you would do this to Kevin Allen, honestly. Uh, even if you know that football is your number one thing, you still need to be there for all sports. And, and he is hockey. He's the best hockey writer in America. It's it's a shame. Yeah, I saw that. He'll, but, he'll, but it's not the end of his career, by the way. He'll keep no. going. Yeah, somebody's gonna somebody will snatch him up, as they say. Oh yeah. Um, I want to throw some random things at you. First of all, obviously the Taylor Hall deal that went down. He's a member of the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, did you like the return for New Jersey? Yeah, I thought the return was good. I don't think it was. Super fantastic. I, I, I mean, Ball is a very big defenseman who skates well, who can hit you, but also has a great shot. But those guys take time to develop. You know, there's not that many six foot seven defensemen in the league. There's a reason because there's a lot of moving parts. And so those guys take some time to develop. Uh, but I do think the Devils, with the players that they got, could get two of them to the NHL. If they do, that's a pretty good trade. The picks are really key. I don't know if Hall's re-signing with Arizona. I'm going to say I doubt it. But still, what they got is a decent package considering the whole world knew he wasn't staying. Yeah, and it became a situation where they're resting him and keeping him out of games to not get injured in December. You right. had to move him before the trade freeze on the 19th. He just had to do it. Do, yeah. do you like the, the addition of Taylor Hall to a team like Arizona, who at the time of the trade – was holding down the top spot in the Pacific Division. Um, they're a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2012. Um, it's not exactly, you know, one of those markets that where the team has given the fans a, a lot to celebrate. 
but they got a good team now. They got some good players, good young players. Phil Kessel's there now, and that's always fun. Uh, the addition of Taylor Hall, does it make a difference and put them into a possible contender status? Well, I think it put them in contender status for the day they got them, and then the next day Darcy Kepner went down. Yeah. And and that's bad because I don't have a lot of faith in Antti Ranta with a ton of games. I like Antti Ranta as a backup. He's just fine as a backup. He's not a number one. But now he's got to play like a number one to sort of keep him in it. So it's going to be up to Antti Ranta now, not even Taylor Hall now, to see if they could just, you know, stay where they need to stay so they can be in striking distance. But I felt like they could win the Pacific, you know, Chickering, Keller, they're, they're all doing great. Dvorak's finally healthy. I like the team. You know, Kessel's not doing much. Maybe this will wake him up. I don't know. But end of the day, Darcy Kempner going down was massive. Yeah, and that's a team that really relies on their goaltending and their defense uh, to keep them in close games. Yes. Um, when you look at the rental market and guys that might be out there and available, maybe the move of Taylor Hall this early in the season, Russ, uh, starts this process before the deadline. Teams may be finally realizing that, hey, when we grab a guy at the deadline, he doesn't get enough time before the playoffs with us to really assimilate. Are there other guys like Kreider that you could see getting moved here uh, in, you know, once the freeze is over really quickly? Not quickly for Kreider. I think that's a last-minute decision. I think the Rangers are going to have to feel like they're out of it to do that because Jeff Gordon doesn't let anybody leave without assets. He's good at that if you're a top-notch player. But if they're in a playoff run, he may have to roll the dice. I think Kreider is one of those guys that if he leaves, he may end up coming back anyhow. But at the end of the day, if the Rangers don't feel like they're right in the thick of it, if they're still trailing four or six points, they got to make the deal. But I think it's going to come down to the wire for that one. So I don't think Kreider is necessarily the next one because of those reasons. So you look at a team maybe like Buffalo, who's got a glut of defensemen that they're sitting because they just can't dress that many every night. They're a team maybe that moves a little bit quicker. Yeah, I think I think they're a team that, that would move quicker. But they wanted to do something all along and, and really haven't been able to. It Was Edmonton in on, on Taylor Hall? I don't know. But Edmonton might do something cosmetic, but they're not really a super good contender or team. And I think they just got off to a hot start and they've been bleeding out ever since. So there's going to be some, there definitely will be some trades. I think the more interesting stuff will be just from guys who are out there unsigned. Are there really teams interested in Ilya Kovalchuk? I kind of question it because if there were, why isn't he signed? Unless he's getting to choose again, which I think is ridiculous. Because if I was on the hook with one of those teams and Kovalchuk's agent said, yeah, it's between you and you and you, these three teams, I, I would just hang up the phone. Like yeah, I wouldn't I, even. I, I, I would do my due, due diligence just to find out who those other teams were because they're idiots. Right. <laughs> right. I, I would go nowhere near him. I wouldn't either. I think he's bad for a locker room. I know everybody in Boston is split on it. There's some people writing saying, well, it's, it's a, you know, no risk. Well, you know, yeah, how many of those no-risk guys signed with the Patriots that didn't work out? Antonio Brown, you know, Josh Gordon worked out for a very short time. It, it, is it really worth it to bring in these guys to upset the locker room? And, and it's not to say guys will be upset, but everything gets upset. When he joined the Kings, their power play got worse yeah. because they had to try and fit him in. I don't want to have to try and fit him in. Yeah, and, he's, and that's the only aspect where maybe he has a little value was on the power play because yeah. he's lost a step or three yeah. uh, skating-wise, and he still has that shot. But oh, yeah. Yeah, to me, you can't bring in just a guy. You cannot dress a guy that's going to be a liability five-on-five five just okay, for your power. Okay, and the other, one, the other one is Justin Williams. So 
this one's intriguing because I feel like if Carolina gave him the right offer, he'd have been playing already. And I feel like the last message we got from Justin Williams is like, I'm skating. I'm thinking about playing almost like, hey, Carolina. Fuck um, up. <laughs> yeah. Pay me something here and I'll come back. But I think at some point, if Carolina doesn't give him a, what he deems a reasonable offer, he may, you know, he, he could, well, at this point, was he a free agent or was he part of Carolina? I can't remember now. No, he's a free agent. He's a free His agent, right? So he can go anywhere. Yeah. 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 So, so think about that. Some, anybody can sign Justin Williams then if he doesn't feel like going to Carolina. So I think the untethered guys go first. Yeah. Is Justin Williams a, a target maybe for the Flyers? I don't think it should be because they've got enough issues. Like, don't get me started with the hashtag for road flyers that you were nice enough to put up yeah. <laughs> because I talk about it. But I mean, there's two, there's two things about the flyers that, that make it not worthwhile. The first one is if they're going to have Chris Stewart play a role and have the whole team get locked into him jawing with somebody at warmups, like it's 1970 and then throw the whole team off a kilter because Boreski's gotten in your head. To me, in this day and age, it's not worth it. That's one thing. And until they can hold the lead, what's another good forward going to do? I mean, he's Justin Williams is good defensively, but it's not like he's a selkie guy anymore. So I don't think they need it. I mean, JVR is starting to score. So I, this team defensively is the problem for the Flyers. Justin Braun was a major problem in that game and in a lot of games like we've talked about. We don't know what he'll be like down the stretch. So. If they only have one move, which is probably all they have, and they're going to have to probably trade a salary to get somebody, they can't just sign Justin Williams. Like the other day, what did they have on the cap? Like 400000 It's not taking yeah, that. I can't even afford you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so if you think about it, I think they'll have like one move, and I think they're going to have to bolster their defense because Elaine Vigneault is basically telling us all, I like Phil Myers, but he's not ready. So I'm putting him in. I'm not putting him in. He's switching these guys around, but he's not found the right combo. We all have to admit that. Yeah, he's not reliable at this point. He would love for him to be reliable so he yes. could make a trade with either Goss Despair or Hag. Yes. Yeah, and, and see, I think, you know, Hag's kind of the whipping boy. And um, he, he, does, he does make mistakes, but he's not nearly as bad as a lot of people's perception, in my opinion. No, but I think what it is is he's not necessarily a fit in this system. Yeah. I think he was a great fit in the last system. And so now in this one where you have to, you know, I'm going to use the buzzword that like the Rangers used with Leah Anderson, when you have to play with a lot of pace and really move it, Robert Hag does have offensive abilities and puck moving abilities, but compared to everyone else on that team, other than Braun, he's last. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And the, the, the one thing he does bring is he is a heavy hitter. He is a heavy hitter. Yep. And he's but not so afraid. So Myers, if you could get him to, to play responsible. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. And he's got Myers has the body right now. Just got to get the yeah. head completely where Elaine Vino wants him to be, and, and that's the kind of the thing holding them. That's back. hard with a young player, especially defenseman. Now, you but no, about- I don't think them for Justin Williams. I, I think you would be looking, you might be looking out west for for Justin Williams, but would he want to go back out west? Like he's got that, you know. We know he's he's got ties sort of on the East Coast. Uh, would the Bruins be a good fit? Maybe. Maybe he yeah. goes to the Bruins. Maybe they give up on Kovalchuk and they bring in Justin Williams. You bring in Justin Williams to the Boston Bruins, we may be talking about them going back to the Cup. 
Yeah, no question about it. The one thing that always seems to haunt the Bruins is it's so top-line heavy. Right. A little bit more, you know, balanced uh, scoring and secondary scoring for them, they would be lethal, and they're already pretty darn lethal right now when you yeah, look at although, the standing. Although Zeno Chara just got his jaw operated on, which is amazing that I guess he's gone all this time without That's doing ins- it. He, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't eaten a solid meal in two years. <laughs> you know I, what mean, I mean, I, I just don't know, man. He, he's from a different planet. I always thought he was. This is proof of it. Yeah, total cyborg. And uh, the yeah. Bruins right now leading the Atlantic Division with 51 points. Uh, World Juniors, Russ, getting started. Um, uh, you got you got got a pick for the tournament. It's an interesting field this year. It is an interesting field. I, I did do a preview on on Canada, and I have to say their roster has very few, if any issues at all so this is a year where Canada is just unbelievably stacked we know look in this tournament anybody could lose but I think it's going Canada U.S. Russia that's that's the way I see it well we're about the Finns you like the Finns or the Czech uh, Republic uh I don't think it's a good year for the Czech Republic from things I'm I'm not bullish on the Czechs the Finns I do like and and the Swedes to some degree there's just little nagging injuries with some of those players I saw Holtz did do well for Sweden the other day. So if he's fully healthy, that helps them. I kind of, the Finns, I don't know if the Finns have the goaltending. So I'm going to have to probably side with the Swedes a little more on this one. All right. Give me uh, the quick breakdown on where Bobby Brink is right now. Bobby Brink, I thought I saw him playing second line in this tournament. I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. Um, Bobby Brink will get points. Bobby Brink is a really good offensive player, plays better with, with better players. He could you know, he definitely can play at pace, but he definitely could. Um, he has all the hands and, and stick moves. The toughness isn't there. The um, the board work isn't there. So we'll see if any of that shows up in this tournament. But there's a lot of other players on, on the U.S. team that could, that could make up for it. But, no, I think Brink's in a good spot. I know um, a lot of people are going to watch Zamula with Russia. And, you know, he's been coming on for like the last year. We've all liked him. His puck moving's good. He's very solid. So, you know, I think Igor Zamula is a guy that I may be watching even more. Hmm. Very interesting. It's going to be a great tournament. It always is. And yeah. we'll see a lot of the, the stars of tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah. World Juniors. Well, I love this time of year. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Quentin um, Byfield, there's, there's your first two. So. Real quick, too, by the way. Um, Shabbat's minutes on time on ice. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like this? Brian Leach. Brian Leach and maybe Suter in his prime? Yeah, Suter in his prime, and Brian Leach used to get insane minutes. Uh, the only thing I'll say about it is, and Shabbat's a good soldier, and he says it doesn't bother him, whatever. You don't want to log minutes like this on a on a guy this early in his career. I don't think it's a good idea. On a bad but, team. Right, but they, you know, again, DJ Smith just got there, so he doesn't want to tell you it's a bad team. He wants to get the most out of his players to get the most out of his team. And I think at times they probably have played better than many of us thought they could, but is it worth it to sort of sacrifice, you know, a year or two down the end for Shabbat? Like that's, that's where I think they're going with this. Too much mileage on the odometer early in my opinion too. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at Duncan Keith on a different show, right? And he's 36 years old, but he's averaged 25 minutes a game in his career. Like, you know, you can't do that for that long. Yeah. So, Duncan Keith went from 40 points last year. He's got six. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can see that. He's passing yeah. up shots, right? He's not playing yeah. in hard in the corners anymore. He, You know, 
he might end up having one more bounce back year somewhere if they trade if they could trade him, but that contract makes it hard to trade him. But there is just a, a falling off the cliff point when you just log minutes. And look, if it was only 25, we probably wouldn't say anything with Shabbat, but it's a lot more than that now. Yeah, it's been upwards of 30, which is just incredible, the, the amount of minutes that he's playing. All right, Russ, we're coming to the end of 2019, and we're coming to the end Are of we? a hockey decade. <laughs> yeah. A decade in the NHL. So I want to look at the all 2010s decade team in the NHL. I have mine here. I got a couple of other names on it that I got a couple of spots that are up for debate. But yeah, we'll just debate the spots. I didn't have time to do a list. My days have been crazy lately, so I'll just tell you if your list stinks or not. Okay. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, the center on the All Decade team is none other than Sidney Crosby. Yeah, there's there's no debate on that. And your left there will be people <laughs> that debate it, but I don't believe that there's a debate. Well, I mean, who could you who could go into that spot? Uh, Clark, no. You could debate, I guess, Tavares. Taves, no. Taves could be a debate. Well, there was a time when people were thinking Taves was better than than, than Crosby. I, I think those guys, obviously, McDavid hasn't been around long enough. Yeah. So, Matthews, but I think yeah, I think those other two, you might find a few debaters. Yeah. Well, they'd be wrong. Uh, Ovechkin, <laughs> clearly your left winger. Yeah, that one's not up for debate. Like, no. I think he has blasted the competition. Yeah, he, he yeah, absolutely has. Oh, you know, in and the to decade, be fair. 725 game plays, 411 goals. Yeah, it's crazy. To be fair, the other guy that in that group for up to debate with Crosby might actually be Malkin. But okay, we move on. Mm, okay, interesting. Both of those guys tend to miss time too, so you got to consider that part of it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crosby's only played 589 games in, in the decade, uh, Malkin's played 566. And the guy in the top 10 that's played the most games in the decade is actually Blake Wheeler with 733. Uh, but Giroux's number three on that list. Kessel never misses a game, 742. And Giroux with 730, 730 so, games. So funny thing with Blake Wheeler, we go back and the, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes drafted him. And I was at that draft and he got drafted out of high school. And I think Gretzky is the one that led him to the podium, if I'm not mistaken. And, I remember saying to myself, wow, they really are taking a risk on a high school kid. I didn't know anything about Blake Wheeler because I, you know, unless you were there watching high school hockey games, which I wasn't. And so I was like, wow, this is kind of a risky pick. And then a couple of teams whiffed on Blake, Blake Wheeler, I think. And the player he is now, it's amazing considering that he came from high school. It yeah, really is. All-time Jets leading scorer now, too, as well, right? Right. Amazing. Yeah, and he's still got a lot left in the tank. He does, and he's one of the best defensive forwards in the league, too. All right, so your other forward for the all-decade team, so Crosby in the middle. They don't necessarily have to be you know, right-wingers, left-wingers, but okay. Crosby is your center. Ovechkin's a winger. So up for debate for the other wing spot, would it be Stamkos, Bergeron, McDavid, Giroux? Who are you putting into that mix? Uh, Tavares. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane led the led the decade in points at 754. I mean, to be honest, I think Patrick Kane's the winner. Yeah, he's a hard trophy winner, three cups. Yeah. I try not to let you know team success kind of. No, no, but, he, but his game hard. hasn't slowed down. If imagine if Patrick Kane were on a better team right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the offense looks good at times in Chicago, but the team's not very good. But he's not really slowed down. Yeah. No, I agree with you. He, he's unbelievable. His puck possession ability and hands are just ridiculous. 
Um, all right, let's go to defense. Uh, the two I got, and I got a bunch of names here, and we already mentioned one of them with the jaw and Chara, but he's not, he doesn't make mile decade starters. Uh, Drew Doughty is one of them for me. And yeah. the other one is Brent Burns. I don't know. I might argue Carlson over Burns. He was my next guy. He was my third guy. And then Duncan Keith and Chara. But I went, I'm, I ended up going Doughty and Burns. I think I would go Doughty and Carlson. Okay. Right, that's, and, but if we were going to count defense as part of it, then I'm going to go Doughty and Chara. Okay. Boy, that's a daunting blue line. <laughs> Vicious, right? Yeah. Um, all right. In goal, I had four candidates and I, I settled on Jonathan Quick just because of his dominance, even though he hasn't been good the last couple of years. His hips are obviously given out on him. But no, not can- this year. This year he's made some very Gumby-esque saves, saves though. He's really had a good year, actually. Yeah, and deep dive into his analytic numbers, they are not good. Bottom no, but I mean, he can make the saves. Yeah. How good's his defense? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, the only guy. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, but the other candidates here that I had were uh, Pekka Rene, Carey Price, and Henrik Lundqvist. You put any of those guys ahead? I mean, Price has been the best goalie in the world, but he hasn't had the team success to take that part out. But people I don't know. Can call me whatever they want to call me, but when you look at the the numbers that Lundqvist has put up in the decade, I don't think anybody touches him. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, so, he's fifth now on the all-time wins list. I get it that there's shootouts; it's not his fault. But if you want to talk about the model of consistency, at least he's made it to the Stanley Cup. They were never going to beat the Kings that year. Let's be real. I mean, no, I never thought they would. Uh, Quick is is pretty close, but but Lundqvist has stayed healthier. I think that's the only reason I would go Lundqvist over Quick. And coach of the decade, uh, Joel Quenville. Yeah, I think it's Quenville. I think it's and and look, we're not saying it's not Babcock because of things that went on. I just think. End of the day, it's Quenville because he has managed to stay more current. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at how the Leafs are now post-Babcock, they're so much better. Jason Spetz is probably 8,000 times happier now than he was a month ago. So I think Quenville, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other guy you could look at is Sutter, or you could look at maybe uh, Sullivan in Pittsburgh. Are we going to go all-decade Anthemist, too? No, I don't have that. <laughs> no, I don't have that that. All right, all-decade Flyers team. Now, it hasn't been a great decade. It started off great, going to a cup final in 2010, uh, and getting to a conference final. But other than that, not a lot of playoff success here. Not a lot of depth on this all-decade team. In the middle, you're obviously going Claude Giroux. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. And and he really does get close for the NHL all-decade team, but because of the amount of points in the decade and everything else, he just it was tough competition. Yeah, I mean, 712 points in 730 games over the entire decade and leads the NHL in assists with 409. Yeah. Pretty incredible stuff. Great incredible numbers. Incredible stuff. Um, okay, uh, so the to the wingers or however you want to slot these three forwards, is it Sean Couturier? Yeah, I do think he's one of them. And is it Voracek or Hartnell or Wayne Simmons? I think I'm going to go Wayne Simmons. Okay. I think I'm, I went Voracek because of the numbers. See, I'm uh, not going to go numbers because Wayne Simmons changed things on the ice that Jacob Voracek could never do. And yeah, that's the, the point. He, and Simmons made the power play, I think, better than Voracek did. Okay. With that's his presence. Point. Yep, great point. Um, on D, um, these guys haven't played recently, but they're the best too. Chris Pronger and Kimo Timonen. Yeah, I don't think you can touch that. 
Yeah, I don't think he can. I don't care that they didn't play beyond 2012. It makes no difference. Or the goaltender. Boy, this is like the shortest (laughs) whatever in the circus, right? The same Uh, pretty man. Yeah, it's got to be Steve Mason, I guess, right? Over Robert Ash? (laughs) Bob Ash did not play in 2010. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It would have been Bobrovsky, but they traded him. Right. No, he wins. Mason wins. And it's certainly not Bruce Goloff or any of the other guys. Can't be Trotted uh, They've brought a lot through. They hope they got the next the, the guy for the next decade. And the coach of the decade is clearly Peter Laviolette. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's the Flyers' all decade team. Any teams you look at now, Russ? That go, you go. Oh, they're merry now. They're happy and in the Christmas spirit. But by the end of April or middle of April, when the regular season ends, are not going to be so merry. I look in the Eastern Conference. I don't see a lot of them. But in the Western Conference, I see a lot. I see maybe one or two in the Eastern Conference. And one is Buffalo. I think Buffalo's already on the verge of being unhappy. So I think, yeah, I think Even Buffalo with is a hard candidate. Yeah, but they have to win a little more for me to do that. And I just think they're limping into this Christmas break. And with all this, all the injuries and their secrecy and they just don't want to, they don't want to communicate with their fans or the media very much. And Kruger seems a little, a little light. For me, as far as intensity, I, I think there's some problems there. So, and, and look, the Leafs are 10 and 4, 10 and 5, something like that under, yeah. uh, and they only made just enough strides to get into playoff position, but they're like three points of falling out still. And yeah. that's with, with that great run. So I think they're going to have to keep up. I mean, I know Hutchinson finally got his first win, but they could be one of those teams too. Yeah, it's it's crazy because you look at and the Tampa. Metro. Tampa's the obvious. Level yeah, Tampa's one. the one. Yeah, and when you put Kucherov on the bench and and disrespect him like that, John Cooper, it's a bold move. I know you like setting clocks. I think I believe you should set the John Cooper clock because I think if they're not in playoff position by the trade deadline, I don't care if they paid him through this year or not. I think it would be just a monumental disaster if they don't make the playoffs coming off of the year last year because. They're not rebuilding, but they're not going to know what to do because they've got cap issues, too. So I would set the John Cooper clock. Yeah, no question about it. It's amazing. You look at the Metro, and the Flyers are in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division, but they're in the top eight in the NHL. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. I mean, the Caps leading the division by eight points with 57 points over the Islanders with 49. The Canes have 46, as do the Penguins, all with 36 games played. And the Flyers with 36 games played are at 45 points. The Five of the top eight teams in the league are in the Metropolitan Division. I've never seen anything like it. No, it's crazy. It's legit crazy. Uh, but it's fun. But this is early season stuff. I mean... We'll see. Well, how we're the, getting close um, to mid-season here now. I know. Then five games, you know. Yeah, true. Mid-season stuff, but there's still a lot of a lot of hockey left. Yeah. In no the problem. West, who are your teams that you're looking at? Um, I just listed a couple. I said the the Jets. I just yeah. can't D sustaining, and I know Buffalo's going to try and come back, but what's he going to be at his size? Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Stars. I think losing um, Jim Montgomery is a big deal because I thought he pr- provided a lot of defensive structure there. Yeah, Rick Bonus doesn't seem to be bringing the heat, does he? No, there's a reason why he's an assistant at this point. Yeah, uh, the, the the Calgary Flames are one that I'm not sure of, and the, and the Arizona Coyotes. Okay, I, of all of them, I think the Coyotes are the safest bet because I think they could at least tread water until Kempter gets back. Mm. If there's a setback with him, then I might be in your camp. 
Yeah, the Predators are a team I listed, but they're not married now because I know Laviolette's no. not happy with what they are right now. No, and no, he could no, be, a, he be. A, a guy that's out on the street as well. He could be out. You know, he. I don't know if they'll put him out on the street like Gerard Gallant looking for a cab with his uh-huh. luggage there. Alan Uber. <laughs> I don't think David Poyle will do that. No, no, David Poyle's got way too much class for that. He does. Um, last thing, Russ, uh, Oscar Lindblom. Uh, we know the diagnosis and yeah. everything that's gone to it. And it's just such a, such a incredible story. Uh, unfortunate, obviously, and everybody's prayers are with Oscar Lindblom. But I got to give a shout out to um, the Oscar Strong shirt manufacturer because mm-hmm. they are selling these things like crazy. And I know that uh, the Rangers are in tonight. They ordered a bunch of them. I know the Devils have ordered a bunch of these shirts as well. Nice. It's Biscuit Tees. You can follow them on Twitter at Biscuit Tees uh, on there, and you can order these uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Oscar Strong shirts. It's BiscuitTees.com, and uh, they're just donating tons of money to cancer research, and it's a great cause. And the Flyers have something to rally around right now, a really likable player who was unfortunately having a great year before this happened, but he's got a battle ahead of him. But uh, this is a battle he can win. It, he, yes, it's definitely a, it's a life battle more than the hockey rule. We'll, we'll, you worry about the hockey later. Uh, but myself and Amy Irvin also made up Oscar Strong bracelets that are free and gave them out last game. And we'll have a bunch more this game thanks to uh, Eklund and Hockey Buzz. He made the second batch of them. So we're into our second batch. And we'll be at Xfinity Live from 445 until like 6, handing them out to whoever wants to come by and get them just Look at finding us at the table and come by and get them. They helped us last time on the uh, PA system there. They'll probably do the same again, and we're handing those out too. Yeah, it's great to see what the hockey community does, how it comes together in times like this. And yep. it's not just uh, you know in the NHL; it's in junior, it's in the Swedish Elite League, it's around the world, and uh, everybody certainly uh, pulling for Oscar Lindblom. And, and it's great to see that he came into the locker room the other day, got a picture with Robert Hag, is uh, one yeah. of his best friends. So uh, that certainly was uplifting for the team. So. We'll be thinking about Oscar Lindblom into a great 2020 as he uh, takes on this battle with Ewing's sarcoma. Russ, enjoy Hanukkah. Enjoy all the fruits of that. Keep your wife happy at this time of year. It's always very important to do that. Give well, her I'm the heading gift out to Dallas soon for the winter classic. You know, I have that book and all, and I'm going to be updating that book at some point, so I'll be out there covering that game, too. Is that a coincidence that you're keeping her happy by going away? <laughs> we'll leave the uh, audience hanging on that. Everybody, have a great holiday. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy it with family. And we'll be back again for another episode of the Stick to Hockey Podcast. By the way, this was 64. We'll talk to you on 65 coming up. Enjoy your hockey, everybody. Happy holidays.